Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, podcasters and fellow listeners of this podcast channel. Welcome to today's episode. Markets are a little jittery. Some are happy, some are not. It depends on what happens soon with the potential rake heights that might be happening, but there's still other news that we can talk about today in today's podcast. Today, things we're going to be going over, we're going to be going over activists who are making a push to have Western Digital split its business. We're also going to be talking about Berkshire CEO and how he eyes China and India as potential growth opportunities for the company. We're going to also be talking about DD, who's being, it's a company from China that's being looked under by the U.S. exchange um, securities on some recent activity that has happened to them. And finally, we're going to end today's podcast by talking about Mexico, Argentina, Bolivia, and Chile, and how that relates to a lithium battery. So, but before we get begin today's podcast, I have to remind you that I am not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. If you are making investment decisions, please go talk to a professional advisor as they know your financial situation a lot better than I do currently, as I cannot give you financial advice. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast, okay? So, to start like we talked about, activist firm Elliott pushes Western Digital to split its business. From Rudders, Elliott Management on Tuesday disclosed it held a stake of nearly $1 billion in Western Digital and pushed at the company to conduct a strategic review and split off its flash memory business. New York-based Elliott, one of the world's most prominent activist investors, argued in a letter to the board of Western Digital acquisition of SanDisk, is not working well and the company would be better off separating the flash and hard drive business. It owns roughly 6% of the company. Six years ago, Western Digital paid $19 billion to buy SanDisk, boosting its ability to make flash memory storage chips used in smartphones and tablets. But operating two very different businesses as part of the same company has held it back. Operationally, financially, and strategically, Elliot wrote, When a strategy has so clearly failed to meet its objectives, we believe it's time to consider other alternatives, the letter said. Western Digital makes hard drives, USB drives, and memory cards. If it reverts to concentrate on its hard drives and business, its stock could surge to at least $100 a share by the end of next year, Elliott forecast. A full separation of the Flash business can allow both HDD and Flash to become more successful and unlock significant value, the letter said. San Jose, California-based Western Digital is valued at $16.8 billion, and its shares rose nearly 12% to $60.12 in early trading in the last 52 weeks. Western Digital shares have fallen at 23.7%, while the index is down 15%. Western Digital said it would carefully consider Elliott's ideas and agrees that it is an excellent yet undervalued company. The company also said it has explored a range of options to unlock the delivery long-term value and we will continue our ongoing dialogue with shareholders. HDD business can be valued roughly $17 billion, Elliott said, adding the implications are extraordinary for investors. 
Now, we don't know if this is actually going to happen or not. I mean, there is a demand for chips currently. I mean, there is a chip shortage. But at the end of the day, this is still something everyone should be paying attention to. I mean, potentially, if a split does happen and you decide to invest in the company, you will almost get free money in a way because if they have to split the company, they'll have to do it based off the number of shares that you currently own from Western Digital. But it also depends too on what the board of directors is thinking currently and what management's also thinking about as well if if they decide to go through with this. I personally don't think it's a smart move. I mean, I'm also not a professional advisor, so I can't make these decisions and I can't write letters to say that. But I, to me, if there's a sh chip shortage in any way, especially to get chips for phones, like Apple, I believe, has reported in the past. That's why Apple had to start making its own chips. I believe that the smart play potentially is to hold on. But I will probably continue to keep an eye out on this. And I would advise probably some of you as well continue to keep an eye on this because it's a potential opportunity to, if the, they decide to split the company, you could potentially get free money in a way if the split does happen. I mean, when AT&T and Time Warner recently split, you virtually got... I think it was like 0.26 or something shares or 0.25 shares for every uh, AT&T share you owned at the end of the day. So you got free stock and free money pretty much if you sold the stock from Time Warner after the split had happened. But it's still something to always keep an eye out because these, as the market's constantly changing and so these splits could happen and means more opportunities for investors. On to the next article, CEO of Berkshire Dairy Queen eyes China and India for growth, and they also upgrade the menu. Dairy Queen is looking to China and perhaps India to fuel growth, while counting on revamped burger menu to bring in American and Canadian customers. Troy Batter, chief executive of International Dairy Queen Inc. since 2018, expect international markets to be the fastest growing for the 82-year-old restaurant chain, which Warren Buffett or Berkshire Hathaway, bought in 1998. China is Dairy Queen's third largest market by sales and second largest by store count. With more than 1,100 locations, the Bloomington, Minnesota-based company is teaming with private equity firm FountainVest Partners to add 600 more by 2030. What we've seen over time is that ever-growing middle class and income levels in China, which makes our brand and our products much more accessible, Bader57 said in a April 29th interview during Berkshire's annual shareholder weekend. Dairy Queen has more than 7,000 locations in 20 countries. Luckily, none are in Russia or Ukraine. While the pandemic delayed international expansion, Bader said India could be next. It is, a, it is at the top of our list, he said. Once we know what travel is going to, to be safe and understanding the consumer and business models in India when they're returning to what I would say is normal, or at least a new normal, we'll have a better feeling I'm not in a hurry. Beta reported Berkshire's vice chairman, Greg Abel, who called incredib incredibly astute, a very fast learner, a very quick study, and eager to learn. Both assumed their jobs in the same month. Dairy Queen sales topped $5.5 billion in 2021 with sales at stores open at least one year, up 18% from 2019. Okay, we don't need to re read the rest of the article, but it's still going to be interesting to see 
if this actually does go through for Dairy Queen, I mean, Dairy Queen in particular, they do sell burgers and China has been a good spot for a lot of restaurant industries. Starbucks was good a few years back. I believe Starbucks is still doing well in China. Yum Brands recently reported numbers and I believe Yum Brands had a pretty decent quarter as well. I mean, every time Wall Street, they look at how things are doing in China. The India side of things makes things a little bit more interesting. And the reason I say that is people in India don't really eat beef. And so they're going to have to change the menu at Dairy Queen in order to meet the consumer demand there. Now, granted, maybe it just means more chicken sandwiches. And at the same time, the good news is with with Dairy Queen is they do sell a lot of milk-based products. And people in India from my current research actually do consume milk products. So that could be their bread and butter for if they go to India. But at the end of the end of the day, they'd still have to update their menu because most people in India don't eat beef. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, Berkshire tends to be a really good company in the fact that their business model is pretty sound and Berkshire is pretty good at making money at the end of the day. So Berkshire could be a company to look into more if you expect India to be the next growth catalyst. I mean, a lot of companies are looking towards India. So, but at the end of the day, still, you have to be able to decide, is it worth investing in Berkshire? I mean, they're only adding 600 new locations, hopefully by 2030 in China. The question becomes, when are they going to start building in India? And that's something to keep an eye out for because the if they do go to India, Berkshire stock value potentially could go up in value. But still got to keep an eye out for those things because you just never know. It might even flop in India. You just you just don't know. Now, on to some more serious business. U.S. Securities Regulator Probes, DD, Global 4.4 Billion IPO. The U.S. Sorry, guys. The U.S. Securities Exchange Commission is investigating DD Global Inc. over its 4.4 billion initial public offering in the United States in June of last year. The Chinese ride-hauling giant said DD was cooperating with the U.S. Securities Regulators' investigation related to the offering, subject to the strict compliance with Chinese law. The company said in its annual filing on Monday. We cannot predict the timing, outcome, or consequence of such an investigation, DD added. The company did not provide further details about the nature of the investigation. A spokesperson for the company did not immediately respond to a request for comment on Tuesday. An SEC spokesperson said the agency does not commit on possible investigations. The IPO came under scrutiny by Chinese authorities last summer over data privacy concerns. Chinese regulators have urged the firm to put its listing on hold while cybersecurity review of its data practices were conducted, sources have told Rudders. Now, here's the thing. From what I've done research for for Didi and looking on their company's site, they claim to be the following. Didi is the world's largest leading mobility technology platform. It offers a wide range of app-based services across Asia-Pacific, Latin America, and other global markets, including ride hauling, taxi hauling, chauffeur, Hitch, and other forms of shared mobility, as well as auto solutions, food delivery, intra-city, freight, and financial services. In a way, it's almost like Uber, the Chinese version of Uber. Now, according to Yahoo News currently, 
and this I believe is extremely interesting to read. It says, if I'm not mistaken, if we look in this, I believe it talks about Beijing in this article, and it says that, or maybe it did, maybe it doesn't. Anyways, it says DD shares were down seven percent in U.S. pre market trading, depending. Uh, deepening an 85% loss since the initial public offering in the summer of last year. Chinese companies said it's cooperating with the probe without providing further details. U.S. lawmakers have called for an investigation into DD's controversial IPO, the biggest by Chinese firm since Alibaba Group Holdings. Chinese cybersecurity watchdog stunned investors by announcing its investigation into DD two days after the listing, suspending the internet giant's main app for domestic stores. The perpetuated a flurry, a regulatory action against gig economy and internet companies, cultivating in a decision to force DD to delist from New York and float in Hong Kong instead. This that, that process is now suspended because regulators are pressing for more severe penalties, Bloomberg has reported. Goes on later on to say it's unclear whether SEC launched its own probe into the matter. DD devoted just a few lines to the U.S. investigation well into 170-page-plus regulatory filing on May 2nd. Spokesman for DD and the SEC declined to comment. I believe, like I said, I believe somewhere I had read that Beijing pretty much told them to get into Hong Kong instead. But I can't seem to find it now. But it's, it's, oh, here it is. The SEC probe adds to uncertainty surrounding DD. Once the most celebrated startup in China, as perhaps to depart New York under orders from Beijing, okay? China's stock market is virtually run by Beijing, okay? And this is always a risk that you always take when investing in companies from overseas. I mean, I personally don't invest in companies in overseas a lot of times, unless I have a fair confidence that they're going to do well. But the fact that Beijing is ordering Didi to virtually leave gives me everything I need to know about the company's situation. Now, Didi is going to probably go through a lot of issues, okay? Because it even says later on after we just read the Beijing part, the company once worth about $80 billion, is grappling with the broader fallout after processing with its IPO despite regulatory objections. It will now likely see it traded over the counter on so-called pink sheets market, home to penny stocks and other riskier businesses. DD said last month it had an appeal. Oh, sorry, hadn't applied to move to another exchange, surprising investors who anticipated a smoother transition. If DD becomes a penny stock, we just talked about this, I believe, in an earlier podcast. I believe the first week we started this podcast. No, actually, it was the very first podcast where we talked about this, that there has been a lot of scams recently in the penny stocks, okay? And now you have a company that was worth $80 billion, potentially becoming a penny stock. And it's not a safe bet to always invest in penny stocks. And the fact that this is, at least in my eyes, it's considered to be the Uber of China. I mean, it gives us ideas that there's something going on. And U.S. regulators would not be involved unless there's some major issue within the company. So, I mean, if you guys are investors from overseas who love investing in other countries' companies, 
you might want to, if you're in DD, at least in my opinion, you might want to consider not investing or potentially getting out. I mean, this is potentially becoming a penny stock, at least in the U.S. side of things. In China, that might be a different story. But it's still still something to look out for. I mean, there's been a lot of penny stock, penny stock scams recently. And we don't want to be caught up in the situation. So just keep an eye out for that. Now for the last article, which I think is the biggest news since we had just reported yesterday about Joe Biden and the EV batteries manufacturing that he was talking about. It just happens to fall into place of what's happening now. From Reuters, again, Mexico seeks lithium association with Argentina, Bolivia, and Chile. Mexico is working with governments of Argentina, Bolivia, and Chile to create a lithium association so countries can share their expertise to exploit the battery mineral. Mexican President Andreas Manuel López Obrador said on Tuesday, we're going to work, we're already doing so together as, um, sorry, doing so together on development, on exploration, processing new technologies. Bolivia, Chile, and Argentina sits on top of the so-called lithium triangle, a region containing nearly 56% of the world's resources of the metal, according to a most recent figures from the United States um, Geological Survey. Mexico has no commercial lithium production, but boasts potential deposits, and it's proven economical, viable, and um, capitual catapult, oh, sorry, could catapult it to a major producer status. Last month, its Congress passed a bill to nationalize the metal, tightening control of strategic mineral resources um, with Lopez Obrador saying he would review all contracts to exploit the metal. Close to a dozen foreign companies in Mexico hold active mining concessions, including permissions to prospect for lithium, including the country's most advanced project, um, Bacanora Lithium, which has controlled which is controlled by Chinese firm and I'm Gangfeng Lithium. I think that's Gongfeng Lithium, a company I believe it is. Sorry if I'm getting that wrong, guys. But it it it's interesting that this is now happening when literally a day or two ago the White House just signed a bill allowing 3.1 billion dollars for manufacturing in the United States for lithium batteries. Okay. It says here the metal is going through a price boom since the last start of last year amid a global push towards electric mo- uh, electric modes of transportation, driving huge demand from car makers and battery firms to shore up supply. Chile already participates in Latin America initiatives for cooperations in the exchange of knowledge, ex- experience, science, and technology. And in the sense, we are willing to participate in initiatives that bring our people closer together. Chile is the third largest lithium reserves globally and the second Biggest producer while neighboring Bolivia has hardly any productions despite having the largest resources than any other country, according to USGS. I didn't believe that at all. And I actually looked into this because, like I said, it's really weird that Joe Biden passes a bill from in the White House that allow manufacturing for the lithium batteries. And then this story comes out virtually within a few hours after Joe Biden signs the bill. But this is where things get interesting, okay? This is from an article from 2020, okay? November 19th, okay? Top six countries with the largest lithium reserves in the world. 
Okay. Now we're not talking about producing. We're talking about reserves right now. Okay. Mexico is not on this list. Okay. But I wouldn't be surprised when Mexico eventually gets on this list in the top 10. And the only reason I say that is because of this. Okay. Number one is Bolivia. And apparently they have 21 million ton, tons on tons in their country or ton, tonus. I think it's tons. Okay. Argentina has 17. Chile has 9 million. United States has 6.8 in reserves. Australia is 6.3. And then China is 4.5 million in tons. Okay. Now, it's it's interesting to see that the top three are Bolivia, Argentina, and Chile. Okay. And who knows where Mexico is going to fall on here. Okay. I mean, not million, million uh, tonus, tone, tonus, I believe it was. Yeah. So I, everyone always says China is going to benefit from this. In reality, the top three countries, if they continue to work together, are going to be Bolivia, Argentina, and Chile. You have 9, 17, and 21, 30, almost 47 million tonus, tone, yeah, tonus, tons, tonus. You, you get what I mean, guys. It's it's insane, okay? 56% of the world's um, lithium pro- to production could be run in three countries in, the, in South America. And China is not going to be a big player potentially anymore. If this trend is going to really be, and we go to this world where lithium batteries are going to be potentially big, the country that you want to watch for is Bolivia. Because Bolivia is probably going to be the one who's going to make the most money potentially out of this. The United States will make some money at the end of the day, but Bolivia doesn't have any infrastructure currently to make or mine it. Okay, And if they do... They're going to make a lot of money. The demand is there, but it's like I said, it's also interesting that a bill that Joe Biden signs for the lithium batteries, and then you have Mexico and Mexico trying to cooperate with Argentina, Bolivia, and Chile, the top three of lithium reserves in the world. Okay. These are things to look out for people. And this is why we keep talking about these articles because Wall Street's not talking about them. And at the end of the day, like I've mentioned the past politics and the stock market are almost intertwined with each other. And the fact that you now have potentially four countries in the world that are going to control the lithium supply, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be almost like the new oil boom. I mean, I still think we li- we still need to live in a world of oil. Do I... Do I expect oil to be completely useless in the future? Maybe in some regards. Will lithium batteries be the next big thing? Potentially. But there's still issues that I currently have with the lithium batteries. I mean, I'll just give you an example. I was driving home from Las Vegas and the battery in the hybrid car I was driving, like when you're stuck in traffic, that battery gets drained really fast. Now, granted, technology might get better. And quote unquote, I was driving a hybrid car. But it's still going to 
alter the destiny of a lot of countries if this lithium production becomes the next big thing. And it's this is something just to keep an eye out for at the end of the day. Lithium production is going to be going like crazy, probably. And Bolivia could be the potential new leader in production. Hopefully their country can stay stable enough so that it won't be truly affected if things go south in the country, because then that's when you would expect lithium to skyrocket in prices if a country's not stable enough to mine it. So, but thanks to always to keep an eye out for. Thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. I'm sorry if there was any mistakes on my end of the part. Sometimes I get too excited when talking and it just, it's just fun to talk, talk about these events that are in the news currently. That being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, I'd ask that you please subscribe and like and share it with friends and family as every like and subscription we get and every share that we get helps grow this podcast so we can continue talking about the stock market and what's happening in the news that Wall Street's not willing to talk about. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Thank you and goodbye.